Any day now, the NFL and HBO could announce which team will be on this season's edition of Hard Knocks. The Chicago Bears are one of four teams the NFL could force to be on the show. And that sounds like it could be fun, but could it also be a distraction at training camp? You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter, at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter, at LockedOnBears. You can like LockedOnBears on Facebook. Join the LockedOnBears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the LockedOnBears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. On the show today, we'll talk to friend of the show, Larry D. from Bears Talk Underground about the prospect of the Chicago Bears on Hard Knocks. It's as real of a possibility this year as it's been any year in recent Bears history, and there's a decent chance this could be the year that your Chicago Bears end up on HBO. We'll look at what that would mean, what that would look like, what we would want to see, some of the advantages to having that access for us and kind of compared to the access we get right now just that the Bears choose to give us. We'll look at some of the risks, perhaps, of a potential distraction there or just where it can be, I don't know, less than ideal as a setup for your team. And we'll kind of wrap up just with bigger picture thoughts on what that might look like, what we would want to see, and where it could be fun, where we could find some of the narratives and really have some fun with hard knocks. There's a lot of different ways to kind of slice and dice this, but I think it reveals when you, when you start when you start talking about how this team might fit on that show and you think about the team a little bit more from the more like off-field entertainment value, I think it reveals a few things about this team that you might not expect or might not have thought about otherwise. Let's jump into the conversation. All right, joining us now on the Locked on Bears podcast is Larry D. He's the host of the Bears Talk Underground podcast, the Chicago Bears podcast for the Sports Drink Media Network. You've heard him on this show a number of times. Larry, it's good to have you back. Uh, how are you enjoying the dead months of the offseason right now? Uh, you know, it's it's kind of a mixed bag. Uh, I, I like this time of year simply because it, it frees me to do my opponent preview uh, series where we go one by one with, uh, you know, a representative from each team the Bears are playing. But aside from that, there's nothing really going on. We have OTAs and, and mini camps and stuff, but it's you're, you're usually grasping for news uh, there. Like, you know, they're reinvent they're, they're inventing storylines with the the Bills. Stephon Diggs didn't show up for a day and it was the biggest headline there was <laughs> yesterday until he showed up today. So it's just, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a we kind of take whatever news we can get whenever we can find it. And one of those things we're waiting for is what team is going to be on HBO's Hard Knocks, the sort of reality TV show that takes us behind the scenes of a team, usually through the training camp and preseason. And we know that the way the rules work with the NFL is basically like teams can turn it down if they have a first year head coach like the Bears did last year, if they had a playoff berth in the past two seasons or have appeared on Hard Knocks sometimes in the last 10 years. The Bears this year do not have any of those disqualifiers, so they're one of four teams that the NFL could force, say, sorry, even if you don't want to, we're going to put you on hard knocks. 
Yeah. When you hear that, when you think about that, Larry, where, where do you sort of stand on the value versus the the concerns? Would you be, you see that as like, would, would you be excited if they were on hard knocks? Would you be concerned? How, how What's your split there? I would actually be thrilled uh, if the Bears uh, did it. Just, just because hard knocks has been around since what, 2000, 2001. The first one was done. Uh, with the Ravens, you know, way back in the day, the the, the Ray Lewis Ravens and uh, and everything, fresh off that 2000 Super Bowl win and everything, and we've seen teams do it multiple times. The Cowboys have done it like two or three times uh, at least, and and everything. And uh, you know, we've we've also seen teams that no one really cares to see, you know, be on be on the show and and, and things like that. And in Chicago's the number three market, and for a long time, it was the number two market when there was no LA team, but never once did the bears find themselves in a position to be on the show or when they were, they were not volunteering, uh, you know, to do it. They've been very hesitant or reluctant or whatever to do it. I would just love to see it happen because you don't really have that emotional attachment with a lot of these teams that are on hard knocks. I think last year, the lions were kind of the exception, not the rule as far as like winning people over throughout the process of their episodes airing uh, and everything. And I think with, with as widespread a fan base that the bears have, you know, it's, it's silly that they haven't been on the show yet. I really loved George McCaskey's quote about it at the NFL owners meetings this offseason when he was asked about, you know, kind of, Hey, you know, the bears, are one of these teams that could be forced on there. Is that something you would like? And McCaskey said, quote, there are a number of teams that have compelling stories to tell on hard knocks. 31, other teams that have compelling stories to tell on hard knocks. It sounds like the bears brass is not particularly interested in it. And I'm I kind of like you, I'm a little bit surprised. Like you would think that maybe the coaching staff for whatever you wouldn't want to, because the idea of these cameras are distracting and you know, the players are too focused on the cameras and the show and not enough on football. But I would think somebody like George McCaskey and like above the front office, you know, the Kevin Warren and stuff like it's, it's good attention for the team. It's good. It's, free publicity, right? I mean, it's not, not charging the Bears anything to be on it. And it's yeah. like, like you mentioned with the Lions, like they became kind of the darlings of the league last season and it gives your fans some unparalleled access. And I don't know that we've seen any compelling evidence that it's directly impacting teams' abilities to win football games. Right? I don't know. I don't know that there's a, a hard knocks curse or any sort of evidence that like, oh, other teams got all this behind the scenes info on that team on hard knocks and then figured out how to stop them. Like usually it's just like, yeah, hard knocks tends to be bad teams. Cause you, you know, playoff teams can say no. And so right. some of those hard knock team end up being not that great, but I don't know. If, I don't know. Do you feel like there's any connection between like being on hard knocks and then that team struggling that season, or are they just struggling because they weren't going to be any good, whether they were on TV or not? Well, you know, it, it, I think it just happens that way because of the, the, the qualifiers that you have in order to be eligible you know, you haven't made the playoffs in two years. Uh, you haven't been on in, in a you know a decade and in the handful of other ones that you mentioned uh, before. It does really kind of pigeonhole the kind of teams quality wise that you're going to get uh, on that on that show. And but I just think like this is the absolute perfect year for the Bears to be on the show. You know, they've they're on this trajectory, the offseason that they've had. Uh, you know, and 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 frankly, it could be the last chance they have to be on the show if all goes well, according to Ryan Poles' plan, because his plan isn't to win in 2023. It's to still be winning in 2033. You know, he came from Kansas City, where in the, his last four years there, they went to four straight AFC championship games. They won a Super Bowl. They won, you know, four or five divisions or d division titles 
in a row is like that's the success that he wants the Bears to have. He wants the worst thing that we do each year. The wor- the worst that we do is make the NFC Championship game. That's that's the kind of uh, success that Ryan Poles wants to have. We're playing for a shot at the Super Bowl every single year, like the Patriots did for a long time, and like Kansas City has been doing for the last five years. This episode of Locked on Bears is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. There's no better place to get in on the action for this baseball season in the swing right now, but certainly you can bet ahead on the football season as well because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back right to you in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So you either win your bet and get your money or you lose your bet and FanDuel gives you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to join today. You can bet on the Bears win total this season where they'll finish in the NFC North. They're their spread line, money line, and over-under for week one against the Green Bay Packers, Justin Fields' MVP odds, Matt Eberflus Coach of the Year odds, and so much more, all in their app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Don't miss your chance to snag that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball and the NFL. To be clear for everyone following along, any team can volunteer any year to go on hard knocks. There's no there's no restrictions on which team could choose to do it if they really wanted to. But specifically, it's the teams. Typically, you feel like most teams are not volunteering to go on there. And it's the league and HBO having to force some team that will kind of pony up and say, all right, you can come and do it here. And it's the bear. It's just the window here where the Bears are still one of the teams that can't say no. And it's again the the four teams as it stands right now: the Chicago Bears, the New Orleans Saints, the New York Jets, and the Washington Commanders. I, I believe Jets ownership has come out and kind of said maybe we're not crazy about it. Saints ownership has kind of come out and said, yeah, we'd prefer not to be on there either. And I think the Commanders are the only team that haven't had like a a public no, we don't want to be on there. And I could see like. If you're Washington, I mean, they're a franchise that could use some some boost in terms of positive PR. But I could also see like having cameras around there. Maybe they're still because they're in this sort of transition from Dan Snyder. Do they not want the cameras around there? Like I kind of see things going either way for those teams. But you have to think if you're the NFL and you want to have the juiciest hard knocks you can get, is there a better team than the Jets? Or I mean, can you make the case that the Bears are more exciting than the Jets with with Aaron Rodgers and all the former Packers there or I don't know. How, how do you feel about the other candidates? Well, you know, the the commanders uh, are interesting because of the Daniel Schneider, uh, Dan Snyder split, you know, and, and it's something that the fan base, uh, you know, was was wanting so badly uh, for to just to be rid of the guy so that there would be this this fog would be lifted, uh, you know, with all the controversy and the scandals and everything surrounding him, you know, to see what day one without Dan Snyder looks like would be interesting. Uh, to see the saints don't, don't seem that appealing uh, to me, you know, as far as a candidate is like, what storylines do you have for the saints aside from, you know, Derek Carr being what the third quarterback they've gotten since, since uh, breeze retired a couple of years ago. And obviously the jets with Aaron Rodgers. number one, it's New York. And number two, it's Aaron Rodgers would probably make them the leader in the clubhouse. As far as like who, who, you know, the NFL would probably want to see. Uh, in there, but as like I think the Bears are the best one 
you know, for because of everything that's expected of them is like, I, and let me be clear. I do not want them not even want to entertain the idea of them being the in season hard knocks team, but the preseason one to see this, this five weeks to see the, the behind the scenes during the preseason and, and, and all that kind of stuff. I would love to see that. But as far as like the in-season stuff, no interest in that whatsoever. One of the things that has struck me about this current Bears regime that I've been been kind of meaning to explore more broadly in a, in a podcast discussion, and but I haven't found a great way to, to do it, is this idea that like, you know, when you watch Matt Eberflus and Alan Williams and Luke Getzey, like the top three coaches on this coaching staff, and to some extent Ryan Poles as well, when they talk at press conferences and do any kind of public appearances, they all generally seem to kind of be, I don't want to say low energy guys, but just really steady emotionally guys mm. in a way that's almost boring. Like, and I'm not saying necessarily even saying that that's a bad thing for the team, but I don't know. Could you see them being bad? Not bad, but just less compelling hard knocks subjects because they're kind of straightforward by the books. You don't really get any kind of nonsense from any of them. You don't really get a lot of like, even like happy, positive emotion or strong negative emotion. They don't get angry after losses. They don't get fired up after wins, at least publicly in, in press conferences. But I don't know, maybe this would be a way to see more of those emotions that they show on the field. I don't know. What do you think? I think that's what made Detroit so sexy last year was that Dan Canyon, Dan Campbell's a madman and that his coaching staff are all like former players who still act like players when they're on the field. The arguments between Aaron Glenn and Deuce Staley in practice and, and them them jawing back and forth at each other like they're still players and and things like that. And and, and if our if our guys aren't like that, then then so be it. I, I think we're all here for the players anyway. Like I saw of like a video on uh on Instagram today of uh Justin Fields was miked in practice during OTAs and Lucas Patrick acting like a fool saying a bunch of profanities into the microphone. Like all of it was bleeped because he was like, Hey, where's the guy at? And Justin Fields pointed at him and he's like, Hey man, how about beep, 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 just one right after <laughs> the other. And then Mike and Fields walks away. He's like, can't air none of that. So, uh, you know, it's like, I think it, you know, that would be what we as bear fans would, would come for. It's like Eberflus. We all know he's not a personality kind of guy. He's not a John Gruden. He's not a Dan Campbell. Uh, or anything like that, but he's a good coach. And, you know, we'd want to see how he works as a coach, not so much how many F-words and F-bombs he can drop on the practice field when somebody makes a mistake like Dan Campbell did uh, last year. Do you think part of the part of the draw for us following the team is like, the the I guess, how do you feel about the, the amount of access we currently get to the Chicago Bears on and off the field? I, I've kind of felt like, it's gotten better under Poles and Eberflus, but especially under Ryan Pace, it felt like they would just only give us the the most plain scraps of mic'd up sound where there's not really anything that funny or entertaining. And I feel like yeah. I feel like there's always been funny, entertaining players and coaches on the Bears. They just they've been mm -hmm. so walled off and, and restricted to giving us that access. And part of me feels like the desire for hard knocks is just to like give us that more that we want. That it feels like other teams give their fan bases a little bit more of their own media access, like of their own like team website, team videos, team social media with the players. And it seems like Chicago is just only now starting to catch up a little bit. I don't know. Where do you sort of fall, fall on that spectrum? It's, it's, um, you know, I guess the, their strategy is working because they always leave me wanting more with these 1920 football drive videos sure. that they parse out like once every two months or, 
or whatever it is. They showed us kind of like the behind the scenes of the draft process and and how far back they were talking about Darnell Wright and then going through actually making the pick and and and, and things like that. I mean, those are video moments. They gave us like a, an 18-minute video that was spread out over what, a five, six, seven, ten-month process <laughs> uh, or whatever it was versus being fully immersed in the team for five weeks, you know, a, an hour show for five weeks and, and you know, uh, summarizing a bunch of stuff that happened, you know, how the games were being uh, played and, and, you know, who makes the team, who doesn't, you know, what, what undrafted free agent are they going to fall around to see if he makes the team and, and, and things like that. I would think it would be fun to do that with guys wearing our colors for a change. So let's say hypothetically, the Bears are forced to go on hard knocks and, and are chosen as the team. Obviously, Justin Fields would kind of be the, the main focus and the main storyline there. But are there other position groups? Are there other specific players or personalities? Like, what, what would be the things you would most want to see or look forward to seeing or, or hope that HBO prioritizes and gives us access to? Uh, the relationship between Justin Fields and DJ Moore mm. to see how they you know are developing because we're hearing great things. Uh, in OTAs and, and how they're connecting and how DJ Moore is really just showing how it is. He's head and shoulders, the best receiver we've had since probably Brandon Marshall left uh, and things like that. Being able to create separation where there wasn't separation last year with guys being able to, you know, be open as opposed to uh, being NFL open versus having to be like video game open in order for Justin Fields to be able to, to hit him. Uh, and everything. So I just, um, I would love to see something like that. And, um, you know, maybe pick one of the, one of the rooms, like the offensive line room. I mean, that's something that we as fans are concerned about and how those guys are gelling together. Cause yeah, on paper, it looks a lot better, you know, with Darnell Wright being drafted, you know, we signed Nate Davis, Cody Whitehair, a former Pro Bowl center being put back in at center. And then, you know, Tevin Jenkins and Braxton Jones on the left. How are those guys gelling? in practice as you know these guys that haven't you know played together you know all five together like that how are they adjusting to being the team within the team that is so important to this team's success you know i wouldn't have thought of this player until earlier this week when justin jones had his press conference and <laughs> described green bay packers fans as um you know obnoxious colorful and, language <laughs> and yeah lots of colorful language in there in a way that like instantly made him so much more an interesting player and character to me. Yeah, like, he we'd, for sure. It feels like we had hardly heard much at all from Justin Jones since he signed maybe a press conference here or there, but like, and, we, and we've heard Matt Eberflus refer to him as like a leader on that defensive line, but like, it's not a very strong defensive line, but all of a sudden like between him and then I think just on, on Wednesday, then um, Demarcus Walker also used some colorful language, not about Packers fans specifically, but just like about how fired up he was and about how, you know, F, F that stuff from last year, like this year's team is so much better and so much closer. And I just feel like there's some there's some like fun personalities here that I, I guess, like I, again, circle back to my last point of like, we don't get to know these Bears players nearly as well as we'd like to. Yeah. Like Tevin Jenkins, we've seen clips of him like on, on the field being a funny guy and he gets to the press conferences and he's kind of like gentle, giant, quiet, sort of just like, yeah, you know, play guard, I'll play wherever they need me to. But like these guys' personalities in particular really shine on the practice field when they're mic'd up, when they got cameras on them. And we just 
I'm again feeling like that's what that's such the appeal to me for Hard Knocks is like we could finally get to see more of what these players are actually like instead of the yeah. the, the well prepped PR starchy versions that end up coming up the press conferences that are only finally starting to shine through with Justin Jones and Demarcus Walker letting it loose. But then they deleted the Justin Jones video off their Twitter page and it's not on YouTube. It's not on their Facebook page. They they try to scrape or, or scrap and, and cover up all all evidence of that video being out there and it's like well let, can we just have some fun with it here like let's at least hbo would force the team to have some fun with it yeah and they also wouldn't bleep it so <laughs> that, that, that would be the fun part as well we'd get the the full unadulterated version of what justin jones uh had to say and and i would love to see you know more of that and to see if if that was just a moment that that justin jones had or is that the kind of dude you know that he is because we don't have those outward personalities or that we know of you know, we don't have a Kyle Long or an Akeem Hicks on the team anymore. Right now, it's like if I hadn't seen that video of of uh, Lucas Patrick being a goof in, in front of Justin Fields, I wouldn't know how what a goofy guy Justin, or, you know, Lucas Patrick uh, is and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's that's the thing that I that I love about football is the, the camaraderie and the different personalities and how they gel together. It's like, you know, you see two guys who couldn't be more different are actually like two of the closest cats you'll ever see in your life because they shared this experience of playing football uh, together. It's one of the great things about the sport. And I would love to see that, you know, happening with, with my guys and my team uh, and everything, instead of, you know, year in and year out trying to fall in love with somebody else's team for five weeks and, and caring about these players and, and things like that. And then it's over with, and you know, you know, that's it. And then I would love to do it just with, with our guys knowing that I'm going to be following them throughout the year. Are there any other personalities? Like I was, as you mentioned that, like, yeah, like, you know, like the Akeem Hickses of the world that, that are gone now, like besides that Justin Jones press conference, like who else is like actually that we know of is actually like interesting. Like, I feel like we've seen Eddie Jackson have some of that on the field in some clips and maybe mm -hmm. Jalen Johnson, but you know, like these linebackers are all kind of, boring guys for the most part, like serious business guys that feels like that a lot of the personalities they've gone after are like smart players, but also kind of boring guys, a lot of different positions. Yeah. I just don't think these guys have had a chance to had a chance to shine or, 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 or whatever, you know, I just, I would love to see the opportunity to what that would look like. And maybe it would be boring. Maybe it would suck, but at <laughs> least it would be the bears. You know, it's like, I would love to see it happen at least one time. And, and if things go the way that we think they are, then they're going to be a playoff team this year. And they're not going to be eligible to be on hard knocks, you know, anytime soon or, or whatever, you know, it's like, I would just love to see it. And I think this is a prime time. And you'd think of a team like the bears that has invested so much in Hallis hall, and that's where they hold training camp. And that, like you said, could be a great PR thing, uh, you know, something to show free agents and whatnot, how the facilities look and all that kind of stuff. This is your home away from home for those six months that you're playing football from training camp until the final gun, you know, in the last game of the season, whenever that is, this is you where this is where you live uh, kind of thing. You know, all that they invested, that's one of the, the things that Ryan Pace can hang his hat on because they did all of that under his watch and everything to be able to show that off to other prospects, except for the guys that they're dragging in for interviews or, or things like that, I think would be a great draw for the bears. And I don't understand why they're so reluctant to do it. Do you think it would put more pressure on Justin Fields than, than there already is? And like, do you think, I don't know, do you think there's valid concerns from the coaching staff about focus when you've got such a young roster, particularly across the board? I mean, they've got, you know, they've got veterans at, at every position, but like generally speaking, they've intentionally signed 
younger players that might be a little bit more impressionable and might be a little bit more, I, I don't know, just, I don't want to like generalize younger people, but as a younger person, more, more distractible to not, not that it's like an ego thing. Like these guys just want to be on the camera all the time, but just that maybe a little less, a little less focus, or do you feel like Iberflus as a coach and this coaching staff is, is, would be prepared and know how to kind of keep their guys on task? Well, here's the thing about it, you know, Lauren, as, as someone who is nearly twice your age, if not more, <laughs> um, you know, you, you have to take it into context of the age and the era that these guys grew up in. They've grown up with cell phones and things like that. They're no stranger to cameras. A lot of them, you know, have TikTok accounts and things like that and are putting themselves out there anyway. So this would be something where, you know, they're probably not too unfamiliar with cameras. And you also have to remember, you know, asking about Justin Fields, he's had documentary cameras in his face before. He was one of the subjects of that QB1 uh, documentary series on, uh, on Netflix, you know, when he was in high school, his recruiting process, playing football down in Georgia and, and all that kind of stuff. He's been through this uh, before. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the strangest thing in the world for him to go through it uh, once again. So it just, um, I don't think it would be too much of a distraction. And like I said, the way that these, you know, the, the, the 20 year olds and, and things like that now with TikTok and, uh, you know, and Instagram and all that kind of stuff, they're no strangers to cameras. I don't think that's the, that's the issue. I really don't not for these guys anyway, maybe 10, 15 years ago. Sure. That, you know, where they don't constantly have a camera in your face and, you know, cell phones weren't as, weren't as, you know, a part of the, you know, the, the public like it is now. I think maybe that's more of a discussion back then, but now it's like the, their cameras everywhere and they're pointing them at themselves and they've grown up with all of this. I don't think that's really much of an adjustment for most of these guys. Yeah. I, I think I'm with you there. Step for step. We'll, we'll see what the NFL decides when they decide. We saw the lions last year were announced on hard knocks in March, I think in past years, we've seen it happen in early June, which were kind of already past year. We've seen them wait till like early July to announce it. It feels like, it could kind of happen any day now. So, Larry, I appreciate you coming out with us to, to break down some of the different prospects there and look at what could make Hard Knocks fun for this Bears team. He is, of course, the host of the Bears Talk Underground podcast at at on Twitter at BTU underscore Larry. Larry, you were talking a little bit about your opponent previews. Could you let us know sort of where you are in that process in the offseason and, and what sort of the next steps for you look like on the podcast from now until training camp? Uh, we just wrapped up the AFC West. We did our same place opponents. So we've done uh, uh, Washington, Cleveland, and Arizona already. Uh, we've done the AFC West, Denver, uh, San, Di San Diego. God help me. Uh, <laughs> the LA Chargers, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, and every year I always struggle to find a guest for one team. And that, that team this year is the Kansas City Chiefs. And I haven't been able to pin anyone down for Kansas City just yet. So maybe we'll have to shoehorn them later on, but we've already started the NFC South. The Carolina Panthers, uh, I think, will be a well. We, our next episode is on Thursday um, with the Chargers, and then we move on to the uh, NFC South. So we got the NFC South, then we do our NFC North, and then you come in as our uh, as our relief pitcher, and we talk about the Bears for like six hours, and uh, you know <laughs> we close out the series then. Yeah, really looking forward to it. We always have a great conversation over there. Again, the podcast is Bears Talk Underground, wherever you get your podcasts with Larry D. Larry, really appreciate you joining us. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. My pleasure, man. Thanks again to Larry from Bears Talk Underground for joining us on the podcast today. 
If you enjoyed our conversation, make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. That's going to be the best way to keep up with all of our Chicago Bears news and analysis. Really appreciate you making Locked on Bears your first listen today. And every day we've got a podcast ready for you. Normally we're five days a week. This part of June and into the early part of July, we're down to a little bit more like three or four days a week. And as Big Bears news breaks, this is the slow time of the offseason. We're not gone, gone. We're just slowing down a little bit. But before you know it, we'll have training camp previews and be getting you all ready for everything going on at Hallis Hall this summer. Maybe get a little extra access in there too. Some things being worked on behind the scenes. So lots of good stuff ahead for you. Keep coming back. Keep tuning in. Of course, you have to come back for your next opportunity to bear down.